This time of year, we're all bombarded with letters and emails about December sales, holiday events, and of course, year-end fundraising appeals. But some messages manage to break through all the noise. In today's episode, we'll be sharing our best practices for how to make your donor communications engaging and relevant without overwhelming your donors during this busy year-end season. Welcome to the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group, featuring Richard Perry and Jeff Schreifels. Twice a month, we bring you the latest and best thinking about major gift fundraising, so you can develop authentic relationships with your major donors. Here are your hosts, Richard and Jeff. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jeff Schreifels, and I've invited Drew Corson, one of our Veritas client experience leaders, to join me for today's podcast episode. You know, this time of year is incredibly busy for you and for your donors, which makes it much more important to figure out how to stand out in meaningful and valuable ways. It's going to be a great conversation, and thank you, Drew, for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I'm really happy to be here. So before we get started, Drew, why don't you share a little bit more about yourself and what you do here at Veritas Group so our listeners have an idea of who you are? <laughs> sure thing. I know my my name pops up occasionally on the, the blog and the, yeah. the message boards, but uh, I'm Drew Corson. I, uh, I started as a Veritas client back in my uh, major gift officer days at Greater Twin Cities United Way here in Minneapolis. And uh, since then, that was about five years ago, since then I've mm-hmm. fallen into consulting and gone back to practicing law and teaching writing. But, you know, the through line really is building relationships. And that's what drew me back to working with Veritas. I, I would say like you're kind of like a renaissance guy. I mean, um, all this great experience. You Doing- know, I prefer to think like, I, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but <laughs> <laughs> Ah, well, good. So today we're going to be sharing some ideas and tips to help fundraisers stand out at the year end. Communication from nonprofits has already been way ramped up for a while, but at year end, that communication accelerates. So what are some challenges you've seen, Drew, for fundraisers who are trying to create meaningful connections with their donors during this busy time of year? You know, Jeff, it really boils down to one word, more. There's such a pressure for fundraisers and and really everyone in a nonprofit organization to just do more at that that critical time of year, even for companies that don't necessarily have a uh, a fiscal year end at the calendar year end. It's crazy. Everything is just crazy pace. I know. You know, there's this, this pressure on fundraisers to grab attention to get those gifts in before the year ends and mm-hmm. uh, to close the books on the calendar year. And, and that translates to the potential to overwhelm and annoy and just send a lot of extra busy, uh, not at all interesting yeah. <laughs> information to donors. So what are some of the things that your clients right now, you know, you're, your um, major gift officers, middle-level officers are doing, you know, in the, with all of that, that noise that's going on. 
the thing I tell everyone, either mid-level or major gift officers, is to be very judicious in what they send out and to go into the end of the year with a plan. Um, Yeah. You know, I I think that's something that we counsel the people we work with uh, year round is to have a a strong, clear communication strategy. Uh, But at the end of the year, it's especially critical that you write the plan and then work the plan. Um, It's very tempting, especially with uh, spur of the moment events or uh, spontaneous initiatives to fundraise around or just great ideas that someone in marketing had is to add more and more yeah. uh, letters or phone calls or stories. But I think, uh, you know, if, if gift officers can be really choosy and, you know, when I say that, I, I realize it's probably code for just send less than what they're tempted to send. Mm. Um, I think they really benefit from being, uh, being more focused on donor-centric, high-quality, compelling, and and concise, above all else, communications. I think you're the the key there is 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 the plan, right? Because mm-hmm. when we work with our clients, we're always helping them develop those twelve-month communication plans, and especially, you know, and then we're checking in all the time, right? So to make sure, are we still on plan? Do we need to change those up? And I think you know, coming down to the last, you know, six weeks here of the year, maybe, you know, four weeks of the year, that's when, you know, because the plan helps us uh, figure out who do we need to talk to by year end, like program people, finance people, uh, the communications team, so that we, they realize they're not going to throw a bunch of stuff on it because we've already got a plan. It's just to remind them again, remember what we did. We have this plan out here for year end. And I think you're so right that a lot of folks don't do that plan. And so then they're just throwing things out there and, you know, they're getting pressure from communications, direct response. Uh, You know, we got to send out all these emails. You got to do all of this. But the key is, as you pointed out, is if you have a plan and every and you've communicated that out to all of your colleagues in other departments. You should be okay, <laughs> you know. You should be, and I think that's that's where fundraisers really find themselves in a a, a two way pressure. One is, you know, if you're a fundraiser at a given organization and you look around or even open your own mailbox, you'll see a stack of what may be uh, ranging from compelling to totally annoying. Uh, messages from other nonprofits. And so there's this external pressure that, well, everyone else is ramping up. So I have to redouble my efforts and make sure that I'm sending twice as many, or I just want to be the last letter on that stack. And then there's the other pressure, the internal pressure, like you mentioned, Jeff, is is the marketing and communications teams or direct mail are are pushing out probably their busiest time. And, And often there isn't a great communication matrix between the development departments and the communications departments, which is one of the greater ironies in our industry, but uh, a a grim reality. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned was it's not, it's not about volume, you know, of, of getting stuff out. It's, it's not quantity, it's quality. And so I want to ask you, how do you create those touch points that are really going to stand out to donors? Great question. And honestly, you know, in, in the spirit of keeping things as simple as possible, 
it really goes back to that plan. The plan is the genesis of everything. And the plan should have in it a, a theme or a series of themes that you cling to throughout the year and craft your storytelling around. Because ultimately, I mean, everyone knows that what we do isn't and shouldn't be rocket science. Right. You know, it's it's taking maybe complicated topics about addressing need in our communities and distilling them into simple, compelling, beautiful messages. And so, you know, if we can take the pressure off ourselves as fundraisers to create really elaborate or um, novel outreach and just focus on on what we started with at the beginning of the year, which is maybe it's broken down quarterly. Quarter one is theme A, quarter two, theme B. And once you get to quarter four, the end of the year, one, you know what your theme is. Two, right. the other themes throughout the year have been building toward it and really speak to it. And three, you should already have been thinking about, you know, what are the stories you've been collecting in that last nine months to, yeah. to stay to that theme? So it's really a, a matter of, of anchoring in that that plan and that theme and then thinking creatively about if I were a donor, what would what would keep me interested in this story? What would keep me moving along the journey? It's probably not another multi-page, big, thick envelope yeah. full of statistics and yeah. stories. And, and not that those don't have a, a place right. in our our Absolutely. outreach, but I think at the end of the year, it's just it's reminders, it's touch, yeah. it's bringing people along hitting emotional triggers, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think you're so right. Keeping it simple. Um, how do you complement those other efforts that are going on through marketing or the direct response team? Another great question. And another area where there's, there's a need for a, a certain level of radical detachment as a fundraiser, you mm -hmm. know, rather than grind our gears and try to affect what our marketing communications and direct mail colleagues put out. Um, I think what we can do is, is try our best to figure out what they're going to send out in advance, which again, I realize is, is a challenge at many organizations, but looking back maybe at last year, or if they have habits of sending out statistics, yeah. then I, I think, you know, it, it's really a matter of, of looking in, in complementary opposites. So if your marketing communications team is really focused on impact report and numbers and statistics of, of the community served, then you as a fundraiser, I think, can craft shorter, more narrative, yeah. people-focused mm -hmm. messages. You know, pick pick a story, a person, an experience, a testimonial. Um, and it doesn't have to be long. It can just be something that if you put those two things side by side, your exhaustive list of Marcom statistics and your paragraph about someone whose live, lives were touched, then I think those can work together. I think that's great. Yeah. You know, the other part thing that we talk about getting close to year end is providing impact reports because we know that donors go away when they don't know how their gifts made a difference. And around this time of year is when they need to be reminded or at least reported back on how those gifts they made during the year actually touched 
um, the lives of people or animals or whatever your mission is. So how do you make, how do we make those personal impact reports stand out? What are some of the things that you've seen with the major gifts, the mid-level officers work on that you see as impactful? You know, I think you you said the word that matters, and that's personal. I think mm-hmm. there's a temptation too, especially working with the marketing teams, to express impact in terms of you know this longitudinal year over year organization to community effort. But yeah. I think, like you said, what's meaningful to donors is the answer to the question of is my gift making an impact? Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen some success in in crafting you know personal impact matrices where you can input a dollar amount and it has an output of you know theoretical number of backpacks bought or meals right. served um you know those those get a little dicey i think because mm-hmm. to be honest you need to be a pretty big dollar donor to see a a very tangible output like that but yeah. i th- i think for for the majority of donors just crafting again a narrative uh rundown of what their gift did not yeah. just you know your x amount of dollars goes to x y and z initiatives it's it's a recall of what the fundraiser knows about the donor's passion and interests and speaks to those directly mm-hmm. you know and then connects the dots because ultimately uh, our job is is largely connecting dots for donors. It's connecting the dots between what the organization does, the populations it serves, and then the passions that people want to express in their communities. So if a fundraiser knows that a donor loves that, you know, their their donations go to improving living conditions in a, a women's shelter, then yeah. The impact report can be a, a simple testimonial or a story about the women's shelter and where it is in the larger context of the organization's efforts. It doesn't have to be every statistic and every right. dollar in, outcome out. Yeah, I think you know all this impact report um, work is probably one of the most frustrating for the major gift mid-level officers because they they're always lamenting to us we're just not getting that information. We're not, it's, it's out there, but you know, our, our uh, program team or marketing team just doesn't see it as a um, priority for us, even though we're, you know, try- and so part of, part of that work for the fundraiser is really trying to establish relationships with those people and help them understand the importance of why we need to report back to donors, why it makes an impact, um, you know, trying to bring program people to talk with donors and and build those relationships internally so that by the end of the year, they're on board with you and they're wanting to provide that information for you. Um, I think that um, so many fundraisers are t- tear their hair out at the end of the year, st- scrambling, trying to get some kind of information, trying to get a story that's impactful. And they're, and it's so hard because they don't have teams that see it as a value. And so mm-hmm. all the, so like 
starting next year for, you know, it's like, what am I going to do to build a relationship with those, with those folks? Um, Right. I, that is absolutely spot on. I encourage uh, our fundraising clients to uh, pick a handful of program folks and essentially add them to the DEP. Oh, I love that. And work, you know, don't work them in the way that like we don't work donors, but I mean, we, we stay on top of being consistent in building relationships and there's really no difference. It also, it makes me think I was really lucky enough to sit in at uh, one of our clients, um, all team retreats a few weeks ago. And I spent about four hours doing some strategic planning with them and um, they were gracious enough to let me uh, speak for about an hour. And I, I was going to give a presentation that sometimes I give about feelings and fundraising, but I woke up that day and felt kind of, kind of spontaneous. So we ended up just having an hour session about storytelling Mm. and it really cut, this is, I will get back to our point, I promise. But you know, the, the, the gist of it was that there's a, a stigma among non-fundraisers about the craft or the art of fundraising. Yeah. And I think that cuts to what you're saying about the disconnect between mm-hmm. marketing or, or non-development departments is whether it's a fear or a misunderstanding or just a mischaracterization of what our job as fundraisers is. Um, I found myself um, talking to this group of brilliant, talented people and yeah. fewer than half of them raised their hands when, when I asked if they'd feel comfortable doing networking or going to an event to ask someone for money. And after about an hour, we realized that, well, if we do it right Mm -hmm. and everyone can easily recall the story of the organization and the impact that it makes and, and know why it's important to report that impact, then really everyone is a fundraiser and there's nothing magical about it. It's just consistency and telling that story. So that that's what made me, think about our our yeah. impact report yeah but i'm i'm curious what what have you seen lately about creative impact reports that aren't those exhaustive yeah. almanacs you know it's interesting i think it goes back to being simple like you said and i don't think it has to be um it doesn't have to be expensive one of the most effective things that we've seen a lot is use the use of video hmm. you know just from phones your phone video especially at the at the at the end of the year um it's it's great to be able to actually show some things or program in action if you can or simply just you yourself as the fundraiser doing a like 30 second or 1 minute hey i just want to thank you for your gifts this year here's what you've done you know and sending a quick video off i feel like video today has such an impact on people, especially if it's very personalized to them. Um, and we've gotten really great feedback from the donors after they receive them, like how touched they were. And, you know, they, and then they play them over and over again. It's like, look what I got. It's almost, I feel like today getting those little video clips on people from in their email or text is the almost the equivalent of getting a hand addressed envelope that it always gets open, right? A hand addressed envelope or Mm -hmm. a video sent to you that's sent directly to you that speaks your name. Mm 
that says, hey, I know you, you did this and it's amazing. And I want you to know that. Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, I, I'm getting ready for the uh, the video version of this podcast because I'm nodding furiously and realizing, you know, we're on a strictly audio medium, but yeah. I, I agree completely. I, the, <laughs> the video angle has been a real game changer in the last yeah. few years. I'm yeah. curious about what what comes next. You know, what sort of technology can we use that that doesn't stand in the way of the personal connection, but just makes it even richer? I know. I mean, and it's going to happen. I don't know what it is yet, but it'll happen. Um, yeah. That's what's exciting. You know, it's always evolving. Um, so there's always those, those things that we do that are, that, that, uh, you know, we've been doing for years and years, just that simple handwritten note, how effective that still is. And actually probably is even more effective today than it's ever been. So that's something that's old. That's an old, it's, it's you know, it's, <laughs> send a handwritten note. It's not some incredible strategy, but it's so effective. Mm -hmm. So we got all of those things. And then who knows what's going to happen in the in the future, but we're always trying. It's it's interesting, all the technology that's coming out that's that direct response is trying to use is everything that we get to do in mid and major gifts, where we're actually calling people out by name that we know their passions and interests and using those passions and interests in our offers, in our conversation. This is what technology is trying to replicate in the direct response world to make it more personalized. Why? Because everyone knows that the more personalized, the, the more that you can tell the donor, you know them, the more they're going to be drawn to what you have to say and want to respond to. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that actually makes me think, you know, back to an earlier part of our discussion, you know, amidst that that flood of of colorful mailers and, you know, heavily yeah. stuffed envelopes with right maybe misspelled return address labels, yeah. no shade on any particular organization. <laughs> um, you know, I think as a donor, if I saw one, you know, maybe differently sized envelope with some handwriting on the outside. I know which one I'm going to open and exactly. which are just going to go into that stack. And that doesn't even say anything about the content. So I think the opportunity for fundraisers just to, not that we're looking at our job as, as competing with other nonprofits for any particular share. I mean, we want to honor donors wishes yeah. and their creative, their philanthropic passions and, the reality is that we have to stand out. We have to compel people to read what we have to say because it's it's interesting, but it's not interesting enough to like reach through the mail and grab them. We have to figure out you know, how to get it in front of people's eyes first, and then then it's easy because we have the beautiful, you know, elegant written stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, Drew, we covered a lot today. So did. I, I just want to thank you for joining me. It was awesome talking with you. I think you got, we had some uh, good stuff for uh, folks to think about. And we hope that you've heard some tips and strategies that you can begin implementing right away. Right. And I think you did. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for the nothing but major gifts podcast from Veritas group. 
Richard and Jeff also write an ongoing blog that you can subscribe to for free at VeritasGroup.com. Please join us again next time.